What is the look of love, isn't there? When you found that perfect someone? Well, they were perfect for a while back. <laughs> They're not perfect anymore, matter of fact. I, you know. There's there's we talk about a look of love, but did you know there's also a look of faith? You know, there's an interesting there's some interesting scriptures we look at this morning, but there is a look that goes with faith. Now no faith when we talk about faith, and we're talking about after Pentecost. We're, there's a look of, you know, when we talk about faith, it's, it's unseen, right? It says that very clearly in, in Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. It says, now faith brings our hopes into reality. It becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Say unseen. Okay. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. I'm going to hurt you, ladies. Y'all just got to learn to turn those things off when you come in here on the front row. <laughs> Let faith arise. Woo. Now, where was I? This testimony of faith is what previous generations... I better check my phone before I go any further. Man, I would really get in trouble. It's, it's, on, it's on vibrate. Okay. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. They're all bending over looking for their phones in their purses now. Seriously. You good, everybody? How many of you got your cell phones? Just turn them off. Okay. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. God spoke the world into existence. Y'all know that. And our faith... The bedrock of our heart, of, of our, the gospel is faith. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Again, which we talk, he talks about, this is Paul. For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. So faith is unseen. But there's evidence of faith, right? And it can be seen, right? So as we talk about this this morning, I want to, I want to ask you the question, can faith be seen? Can people see faith in us? Really? Okay, that's good that you're, you're on track with me. So as we're talking about after Pentecost, we're talking about this level of faith that had risen among these people, the over 3,000 people. The 120, the level of faith had risen up because what God was doing, when He poured out, when He poured out His Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and they began to see signs and wonders and miracles, okay? So the first thing this morning faith looks like is signs and wonders and miracles. See, that's what faith looks like. So we're, we're going to do, I've got six things and they're not lengthy. Y'all believe that? And there's six points this morning of what faith looks like, and it's probably a lot more than that, but this is where God has taken me. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts uh, chapter 3. We're going to re read verses 1 through 8. Acts chapter 3, 1 through 8. Faith looks like signs, wonders, and miracles. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for their 3 o'clock prayer. And as they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. How many times do you think Jesus had walked by there while that man was there? Okay, because they took him there every day. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. And when he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. And Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, Look at us. Now, I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty uh, pointed. They said, Hey, 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 look at us. Look at us. Say, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. And Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. 
I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And Peter held out his right hand to, be the, to the crippled man, and he pulled the man to his feet. And suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. And the man jumped up. Woo! Can you imagine the scene? Stood there for a moment, stunned, like, did I, do, did I just stand up? Did I just jump? <laughs> he did, didn't he? And then he began to walk around and he went into the temple courts with Peter and John and he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. His life was transformed that day by the faith of men, by the faith of God, by his faith. Peter, they, they said, look at us. And I, I said, why did they think, why do you think that Peter said, look at us? The Bible doesn't tell why he said, look at us, but it could have been this. Look at us. Get your eyes off your own circumstances. See, people that you're going to come in contact with, they've got their eyes on their circumstances and you need to say, look at us. Because I've got faith. Okay? Amen? They could, he, he could have said, look at us, so that that man would get his eyes off of himself and look at them. And then he sees, look at us. We're just ordinary men. There are no servants walking beside us. Look, our clothes aren't flashy. You, you can tell that we're not, we're not somebody's. We're, we're just, we're just, God's people that were walking down the street were walking toward the temple. So he might have said, look at us, so they could see that God is an, an extraordinary God, but he uses ordinary people. Can he use ordinary people? Can he use you? So see, God, God has put faith upon these men, and they're walking down, their, their, their faith has been stretched, their faith has been increased, because what they've seen God do in, the, in just the previous days as Pentecost, as Holy Spirit fell, as signs and wonders and miracles, as the Jews that had hated Jesus all came to Jesus, they started to come to Jesus by the thousands. So their faith level had to be raising up like crazy. See, we don't, our, our faith level, sometimes we don't see things happen and our faith level just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. We pray for somebody, they're not healed and our faith level drops. We pray for somebody, they're not saved and our faith level drops. But God did never design us for our faith level to drop. He doesn't drop. He keeps filling us up. He keeps filling us up. So when people look at you, do they see faith? Do they see boldness? Do they see confidence? Do they see compassion? Earlier last week, in my last week in our message in Acts 2.48, I read this, A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. See, that's what I believe a revival will look like in our nation. When we really enter into real, true revival, we will see these attributes of faith that I'm going to share with you today. They're going to start spreading. It's going to start blossoming. And I pray that it begins right here at Freedom Fellowship. Amen? I believe for signs and wonders and miracles right here. And we've seen, we've seen some little ones here, some big ones there, one here scattered here. But listen, God is the God of, He's the God of signs and wonders and miracles. He says, I am the same today, yesterday, and forever. I don't change. If He did it then, He'll do it now. He's no respecter of persons, right? Well, I just don't have enough faith. Well, He just said earlier in the scripture, He said, listen, all you have to have faith is the size of a mustard seed. You don't have to have great faith to see, because see, we have a great God. Amen? So revival is going to look like this is what was taking place at, after Pentecost. In Acts 6, 8, it says, see a lot of people there, and I'm not even going to share that. A lot of people, a lot of denominations, they will say, listen, only the apostles, the apostles did signs and wonders and miracles, and all that died out, all that stopped in the completion of the, of, of the Bible. They will tell you that. And 
you go, oh, okay, because it says the apostles did many signs and wonders and miracles. I just read that. But you see, they got overwhelmed. They had, they had more people than they could take care of, so they went out and they said, well, we need to select, we need to select some guys that are full of the what? Holy Spirit, so they can come alongside us. These were not apostles. No mention of them being apostles. In Acts 6, 8, it says, Stephen, who was a man full of grace, he was one of those that was chosen and commissioned by them. And he was full of grace and supernatural power. And what did he do? This non-apostle. He performed many astonishing signs and wonders and mighty miracles among the people. So can God, if God could use Stephen, if he could use Philip, if he could use all these other disciples, are you a disciple? Yes, you're a disciple. Are you a student of the Word? You're a disciple. And if God could use them, can He use us? See, we're... There's a new song out, and I hope we, we learn it. It's, it's uh, I think it's an Elevation Worship. Have y'all heard Available? It's a new song out. It's called Available. That's what he's looking for us to be, is available. So we can be the vessels. We've been talking about this for weeks, that we will be those kind of vessels that God can use to do signs and wonders and miracles and see great faith rise. Because when we start seeing great faith rise, we'll see great revival. Amen? So it wasn't just the apostles that were walking in signs and wonders and miracles. Now look, move on to Acts chapter 14, verse 8. In Lystra, or Lystra, or Lystra, however you want to pronounce it, the correct pronunciation, pronunciation is Lystra. Paul and Barnabas encountered a man who from birth had never walked. Does that sound familiar? Didn't we just read about a man from birth that was crippled? Okay. For he was crippled in his feet. He listened carefully to Paul as he preached. And all of a sudden, I love this, Paul discerned that this man had faith in his heart to be healed. So he shouted, You, in the name of our Lord Jesus, stand up on your feet. And the man instantly jumped to his feet and stood for the first time in his life and he walked. Now look at, look at the New King James Version of verse 9. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. He could see faith on that person. Now what does that look like? You know, when you, when you come forward for prayer, what does it look like to that person on the ministry team that says, sees you coming forward that you, this is your day? Because they're coming forward with expectation. This man had heard the word, Paul would preach the word, and he was coming forward. He said, yes. Paul says, hey, you can be healed today. I see, I see faith in you. That's what he's waiting for us to see. But if we don't come with any expectation, you know what, you hear what I'm saying? If you come this morning with no expectation to change, to be healed, to be moved, to, to affect the life of your family, to affect your finances, whatever your need is, if you came this morning with no expectation, then listen, I don't see faith on you. But if you've come, you, and you, usually you come when you've prayed up. You, you're, you've, man, you've been, you've been doing some business with God before you come to church. And you said, man, God, I know, I know today is going to be a special day. I know you're going to move in my life. You, I've been putting this before you. I've been fasting. I've been praying. Lord, I, I'm seeking you. I'm putting you first in my life. As far as I know, I've forgiven everybody I need to forgive. Lord, I, I'm not walking in any known sin. I know I'm not perfect, Lord, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm getting as close, close to you as I possibly can. And when the, the altar call is given, you say, man, I have this need. And somebody sees you walking up. They say, man, this guy's got faith. You're prepared. You've heard, you've listened, you've obeyed. And faith arises in us. See, some of you, even if I did, if I actually took a survey of how many of you actually prayed last night about today, it would probably be, I wouldn't even want to, I wouldn't ask to raise your hands. If I ask you, how many of you woke up this morning, your first thought was, 
wow, this is God's day. This is going to be an exciting, incredible day. Many of you just said, got up and said, what time is it? Is it there? Is this today? We got in church today? I thought we went last week. Yeah, we did, honey. It's Sunday again. It kind of keeps coming around. You know what I'm saying? If you woke up with that attitude, it's probably going to be hard to see faith in you. But when you have an expectation for God to do something, wow, faith looks like signs and wonders and miracles to me. The second thing faith looks like, and these other ones are shorter, okay? Faith looks like believing. Say believing. You see, in this previous scripture I just read, I like this. Before Paul saw faith on him, it says this. He listened. This man listened carefully to Paul as he preached. So he, was, he got the word first. Now, Romans 10, 14 says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So this man, his faith came because he was hearing the word of God. Listen, your, your faith should be rising up this morning as the word of God is preached. Whether I preach anything good or, or, or if, I, I, if I have some great points or whatever. Listen, I'm reading the word. And the Word has power attached to it. The Word has the Holy Spirit infused in it. Amen? See, when the Word... How many of you, how many of you read Scripture before and you just scanned it over and you went to the next one, you went to the next one, but one time you start reading it and it could be the same Scripture and it's almost like God puts His, his highlighter pen on it. In gold and it just blasts you off the page. And you have this, you have this revelation of the Word. How many of you know what I'm talking about? See, you can hear a sermon and not get revelation because you, you can be tuned out. The ones that are tuned out didn't know how to respond. What do you say, honey? You should have said amen. You're tuned out. When the Word of God comes alive in us, our faith is activated. When that revelation word, that rhema word comes, our faith is activated, Reuben, because it gets here. It's not just here anymore, it's here. You grab hold of it. When that promise of God, is the revelation of the real, the, the promise that He made to you comes alive in you, then you grab hold of the promise and you don't let go. Right? Because you've got a revelation of it. So He's going to give you a revelation this morning of the Word. See, sometimes we just read something and say, well, that was a good verse. Or we read it and say, wow, that was a God verse. And that makes a difference in my life. When we read the Word, listen. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of work, lest anyone should boast. When you get the revelation of you receive this incredible grace by faith, you don't have to work for it. See, some, so many people still don't have a revelation of, the, of, this, of this thing called grace. It took me a long time to get a revelation of grace. And I know some people have misused it. And I know there's extremes in all things. But I, I didn't have this revelation of grace for like 30 years of my life. I was 30 years old when I finally got a grasp of grace. That's a good grasp of grace. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You may be brought up in legalism. You were brought in, uh, up in if you, the do's and the don'ts of the Bible. And man, if you did something good, you were okay. But if you didn't do something good, you were in a lot of trouble because God was mad at you. 
You know what I'm talking about? There was no grace involved. But we sang the song Amazing Grace, but it didn't mean anything to us. You know what I'm talking about? So when I had a revelation of grace, then I saw the scripture that says, By grace you're saved through faith, not of worthless. So you can't boast about anything, but all we can boast of is Jesus Christ. Then we do the works because we love Him. We don't do the works because we're afraid He's going to uh, discipline us. We do our works. We do the works that He's ordained for us to do because of our love for Him. Amen? Okay, you're tuned in. The definition of faith is simply this. It's the conviction of the truth. It's a belief with the predominant idea of trust or confidence in God or in Christ or in the Holy Spirit. It's a trust. It's a confidence. It's a belief that what He says he will, he will accomplish what He says He will do. When He promises something, His promises are yes and amen. Amen? The third thing is faith looks like obedience. When you read chapter 11 of Hebrews, it's called the Hall of what? Hall of Faith. Not the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith. My favorite verse, because this was prophesied over me at one time, or spoken over me, is verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Say obeyed. By faith, he obeyed. See, obedience and faith go hand in hand. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he could not, he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, and this is the part I love, not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where he was going. Now, see, that's faith. That's walking in obedience. That's a day-by-day -day walk. Listen, I don't think he just woke up one day and said, I think I'll follow God. It was a step-by-step. -step. God would show him something. He would follow him. He would show him something else. He would follow him. That's why I believe so much that, that the Christian life is a daily walk. It's not a weekly walk. It's not from Sunday you get enough to get you to the next Sunday. It's an everyday walk. It's an every-moment walk with God. Come on, church. Walk every day? It is. You know why you find yourself off track? Because you, you missed a day. You missed a day of prayer. You missed a day of the Word. You missed a day of walking with Him, listening to Him and fellowshipping with Him. You missed a day of worship with Him. And then you find if you miss one day, then you miss two. You miss three, then you miss four. And all of a sudden, you're way off track. And you go, oh God, what's happening? Where are you? He said, I'm right here. I haven't moved. You're the one moving. That's right. He didn't move. Remember that story about that, that uh, elderly couple that are going down the road and, and um, I don't tell many jokes, but you probably know why because I can't remember them. Uh, they're just going down the road and she looked over and she said, well, honey, how come we don't sit close like we used to? Of course, he's driving. And he said, well, baby, I haven't moved. Y'all get it? When we were dating, I, I, had a, I had bucket seats, but I got a pillow to sit between the bucket seats so she could sit close to me. That's before you could get a ticket for seatbelts, not wearing your seatbelts. But eventually, you know, they just move on over. But the thing is, God doesn't move. We're the ones that do the moving. We, we move away from Him sometimes. That's why He says, draw near to me. Come on back. So faith looks like obedience. Abraham said, okay, I'll go where I don't even know I'm going. I remember that. I think Ron spoke that over us. And we were like, you're right. We didn't know what we were doing, where we were going. And, 
And he said, yeah, but you were still faithful, and you let him lead you by every day. The, the fourth thing is faith looks like compassion. Uh, James 2, 14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith, faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is D-E-A-D, dead. Okay? I got. I was reading that. I went, what does faith have to do with feeding somebody or, or giving them clothes? Did you ever just think? I, see, I, I ask a lot of questions. That's how I prepare sermons. I ask, well, what did you mean by look at us? What do you mean by faith without works is dead? Because I can feed somebody without having faith. Right? Can't you give somebody some clothes without having faith? Sure, you can do that. So I was thinking, why do what was what does faith have to do with this and this this compassion? A living faith is simply a real faith. He's talking about there's a dead faith and there's a living faith. If we really believe something, we're going to follow through and act upon it. If you really believe God's word is true, by faith you believe his word is true. Do you all understand? By the word, you just believe it by faith. When somebody says, I don't believe the Bible, then you know what? You have no leg to stand on to argue with them or to try to, to, to persuade them because if they don't believe the Bible, because that's what we stand on. So when we're standing on the Word of God by faith, we believe the Word of God. That's why we do what we do. That's why we keep the commandments. That's why when Jesus said, I want you to feed the, na uh, feed the hungry. I want you to clothe the naked. I want you to visit those in prison. I want you to go to the hospitals. Jesus said, I want you to do that. And he said, this is this, this faith in action. When he looked upon the, on the crowds of people before it, by faith, he produced all this food. He said he had what? Compassion. Amen? So faith looks like compassion, right? The fifth thing is faith looks like answered prayers. James 5, 13, we quote this in verse a lot, especially, uh, especially as intercessors when they're anointing these blankets or when they go to anoint somebody for, with oil or when people come up here and we have the oil up here and we anoint you, people go, what in the world is that oil for? It just makes, me, makes my forehead look shiny, you know? Why, why are you anointing me with oil? Because by faith, the Bible says to do it. Listen, let me read it for you. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the what? The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses. He didn't just stop there. He said, confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. When we pray in faith, believing God answers. That's why, that's why answered prayers have everything to do with our faith. See, we, we allow the enemy to condemn us. We allow the enemy to come in and say, you don't have any faith because you prayed for so-and-so and nothing happened. Listen, God's always working. We may not see the manifestation of it today, but He's always working. And if there's anything that's hindering us from moving in, that, in the gifts, in the operation of the gifts, it could be that, well, I've got some sin in my life that I really need to confess, or I've got some unforgiveness in my life I really need to take care of. There are ways that, we, there are ways that hamper us or that, that keep us from walking in, in that faith that God's put in our hearts. You see, the very faith that we have to believe the Word of God is the faith that He's given us. Did y'all know that? 
How many of you believe that the Bible is true? You can't prove it. You can't prove it. There's a lot of books out there. By faith, God put that in your heart. He put that seed in your heart to believe that the Word of God's true. You know what's funny about that? Was when you get the, that faith and it's deposited in your heart, you just don't question it. Right? Now the intellects will, oh, well, I'm not so sure. And they'll try to figure it all out and they'll try to, they'll try to dis, dis, uh, uh, you know, diss the Bible and tell you that this is wrong and this was a contradiction. Listen, there are no contradictions in the Word of God. God's Word is true from Genesis to Revelation to the end. It's true. And so much of our lives we spent trying to make the Bible fit to us when we need to fit our, our lives to the Word of God. And if you're always, listen, you can prove anything by Scripture. If you want to pick, if you want to cherry pick verses, you can prove anything. You know what I'm talking about. Faith looks like answered prayers. And finally, faith looks like Jesus. Amen. Earlier I read where Peter and John went to the gate beautiful and they that man was that cripple they spoke the name of Jesus over him and he was healed right well, let me tell you what followed that Acts 3:12 with a crowd surrounding him Peter said to them all people of Israel listen to me why are you so amazed by his this healing why do you stare at us remember he said look at us why do you stare at us we didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power or authority and verse 16 says, Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. You see, if we ever start thinking that we are that, all that in the bag of chips, and if we ever start trying to take a little of that glory from God, we walk in a dangerous territory. We're walking on dangerous ground. He says, I am a jealous God. He said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He disciplines those he loves. He's not going to share his glory. And I know many people, and I've seen it, I've watched, I've watched them on television, and it's almost all about them. And they want you to give them money. And they want you to sow your seed for this or for that. And it all becomes about their ministry. And it does. It comes about and becomes about them. And they become all exalted. And they become rich and famous. And they become more important in their own eyes than God Himself. Because they've exalted themselves. He said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Guys, we have to be careful. We have to be so careful. That when we do something, we always give the glory to God. Deliverance ministry, it's about Jesus. Healing ministry, it's about Jesus. Food pantry, it's about Jesus. Unshakable, it's about Jesus. Men's Bible study, it's about Jesus. Ladies Bible study, it's about Jesus. Sunday morning, it's about Jesus. It should always be about Jesus. He has to get the glory for it. 
Anytime you go, look at me, look at what I've done. All they did say, look at us so we can point you to Jesus. See, when we go back to that beginning, they said, look at us, because they're going to say, I want to point you to Jesus. So Paul said, only follow me as I follow Christ. If I'm quit following Christ, quit following me. Everything that we do has got to, listen, we have to check ourselves every day. Am I leading, am I directing people to me or to Jesus? I'll never forget Bill Johnson in one of his messages. He said, there was a, he said, the people I remember the most are the people that come from halfway around the world and they come to my church and they come and they, get, they come for me to pray for them so that they will receive their healing. And when they don't, he said, that's what I remember. He said, he said, I go back and I said, God, what happened? He said, well, he, he said, God told him one time, he said, Bill, they came looking for me and all they found was you. He said that. He was that honest. He said, they just found me, God, they didn't find you. We have to examine ourselves and understand. Now, are they finding Harold or are they finding Jesus? Are we directing them at the food pantry to find food? And I know without my son, I love his heart because he said, it's not about the food, Dad. Matter of fact, I don't even want to give him some of this food. That's, that's how his heart is. I want them to find Jesus here. All of our ministries, listen, we've got to go back and double check our, our ministries. What is, the, what is the reason? What is our intent? What is our purpose? I've always said if our purpose isn't to lead people to Christ, then we've missed it. When we used to, we would do the, we would do the Lord's, the, the, the living last supper. Listen, we all, we would give an invitation because this wasn't just a production to show how good we could look and how neat our stage would look. It's, we want to, we want people to come to Jesus. By faith, that's how you come. By faith, that's how you come. And if you think you've got to understand faith, then you'll miss faith. You just, you'll miss it. It's, it's, it is stepping out of the boat into water that you're not supposed to be able to stand on. That's faith. It's faith. Think about this. God gave me the faith to believe that there's a God in heaven and He had a son named Jesus and He said, Son, I want you to go to, I want you to, go to earth. I want you to be born of a virgin as a baby. I want you to be born in a stable and I want you to live for 30 years with your mom, with your dad, and your, with your siblings. But at the age of 30, something radical is going to happen in your life. You're going to be baptized and you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to start walking around this earth. And you're going to do signs and wonders and miracles. And you're going to preach the gospel. You're going to preach the kingdom. And after three years, son, you're going to be crucified. You're going to be taken to a cross. You're going to be nailed to a cross. And, and when that blood is shed for the lives of everybody that I've ever created... Everybody I've ever created. And when that blood runs down, it's going to save people. It's going to save millions of people. And then after the third day, I'm going to raise you up from that grave and I'm, I'm going to bring you up to sit by me in heaven. Listen, that is the most ridiculous story anybody could ever tell. Except by faith. By faith, I believe every word of what I just said, that He did exactly what He said He would do, that He raised His Son from the dead, and I looked to the cross, and I was saved because I looked to the cross and believed what He did for me was true. That's just by faith. That's all it is. It's just faith. It's just trusting and having this confidence that Jesus is who He says He is. So would you stand this morning? I want to give you an invitation to receive this Jesus by faith. Receive your healing by faith.
My sister Pam, she had a real revelation yesterday of what was supposed to take place at the invitation. And I trust her because she fasts, she prays, she seeks God's face. Mary, why don't you go ahead and come to the piano? She said, there's an old hymn that the Lord laid on our heart, my heart. It was, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. How many of you know that, that old hymn? But she said, there's three things that the Lord showed her, showed her is that we need to repent as individuals for our sin. Or there's a weeping attached to it. There's a sorrow, there's a godly sorrow for our sin. She said, the second thing is we need to repent on behalf of our nation. On our nation. Listen, I don't know about you, but our nation is messed up. It is so messed up because we got our eyes off of Jesus. Even the church, many of the, much of the church has gotten their eyes off of Jesus. See... You can have programs and they can't they don't have to be about Jesus and you can grow. It's got to get back to Jesus. So our nation has got to come back to that place and then the final thing is that we need to repent as a church not just on behalf of Freedom Fellowship on behalf of the church. We need to repent. We need to call the church back to Jesus. To Jesus. Yeah, Yeshua, however you want to say it, Yeshua or Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, we need to call the church back to the core beliefs of Jesus, who He is. Who He is. So the invitation is this. If you want to, if you feel like you need to, and I want to ask you to step out and come this morning. Stand across the front. And just begin to confess, God, I need you. Confess, God, this sin is in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to walk in this sin anymore. I don't want to walk in this addiction anymore, this perversion anymore. I lay it down at the foot of the cross. And I thank you, Lord, that you're taking it away from me right now. If that's you, all across this room, I, I believe people should come. And begin to confess and weep over your sin, over your sin this morning. That you can't stay, you can't stay in front of a holy God any longer and say, I'm okay, I'm just okay. I, he, we're not okay, guys, if we're still walking in sin. We're not okay if we're, if we're, if we're flaunting our sin. We're not okay. Be honest this morning. Just be honest with God this morning. It's okay to be honest with Him. Step out and come. Just step out and come. Just step out and come, please. Are all you guys perfect or what? Come on. If there's something in your life that you know God is not happy with, you need to be down here. If you're not, if, if you're the guy, if there's something in your life that's not pleasing to God, whether it's your, your greedy or, or your uh, gossip or whatever it is, God, he, He's waiting for us to say, God, I want you. Restore me. Renew me. I need you, Lord. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by, Savior. Savior, 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 hear.
God doesn't see gender. I love seeing all these men up here. I just love seeing men that are willing to humble themselves and say, I'm not the best leader. I'm not perfect, but I want to get closer to God today. If if He's speaking to you this morning, this is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. Let me at thy throne of mercy find a sweet relief.